Welcome to episode 33 of African American with your girl Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. Family, how are you? I hope you all are doing amazing. Um, I'm doing amazing. Um, I am just, um, just continuing to grow, uh, continuing to elevate and doing that every day just puts me in such a happy place. Um, just to know the direction that I'm going, just to feel how much progress I've made, just to see how far I've come. Uh, it just makes me just genuinely happy every day to be here. Um, and to be fulfilling my purpose, uh, please excuse that we, um, we didn't have an episode drop last week. Uh, I definitely see why TV shows come in seasons because honestly, sometimes you need time to create and sometimes you need time to think. And when I, the fact that I, you know, write and produce the show on my own, Sometimes with it being a one woman show, I don't drop an episode unless it's quality work. Um, if I'm feeling like uh, overwhelmed or if I'm feeling like I have a lot to do, I just get stressed out easily. I'm still working on that. And sometimes it just affects my ability to create. Like sometimes I am in those moments where I have a huge to-do list of things to do and I just am like oh my god and sometimes I just get backed up on work uh you know I have my online business sometimes I get backed up on orders and it just I I've learned not to like kill myself so I do not like I said I don't drop any old any old things on this show I really put everything into it so if I know that I'm my creative juices are not flowing to where I can't produce a good episode, it just won't happen. Um, so that's what happened last week. I was extremely overwhelmed. I just had so much like going on at one time. It was just my brain was everywhere. By the end of the day, I just would come home and just plop down like, ah, like that's, you know, that was me last week. So I apologize for missing the episode, but I feel like absence makes the heart grow stronger and we miss an episode and then it just feels so much better once we do reunite so anywho let me just get straight to it because this killed me i'm talking about this had my blood boiling and when people say why do y'all get mad getting mad doesn't solve nothing no getting mad fuels solutions okay because you got to get sick of getting mad and you, you need to feel something. If you're not feeling anything, then something's wrong. You're really out of touch. If you feel angry or you feel mad about the things that happens to your people, that's a good thing. That means you are being empathetic to your people. That means you are share. We are sharing our energies. When we hurt one, we hurt all of us. That is the type of unified uh, mindset that we have to have. Okay, so if everybody just wants to be concerned about their next lace frontal or concerned about money or concerned about, you know, their own personal uh, progress, that's not good. Um, those are the type of Africans it would be unwise to attempt to unite with because they're only about themselves. If you're getting mad, then that means you're alive. That means you have a conscience. That means you have a spirit. 
So don't let people make it feel like you're wrong for getting mad. Why should we not get mad? When one black child is harmed, that is all of our children that is being harmed. Okay, we have to look at each other in that way. So me personally, when I see a black child being harmed or being scared, I take that very personally. Because in my eyes, that's my child too. Okay, so yeah, I'm mad. Okay, so now what? Um, so did y'all see, well, I know y'all had to have seen it by now, the video with Cornerstone, uh, Cornerstone Kathy. Listen, as I watch this video, my blood just like literally starts to boil. Like, how dare you? Now, I'm going to give you all a quick backstory uh, in case you you did not see uh, the video. So basically, it was a young man with his younger sister and his mother. This was in Brooklyn. It was in Flatbush. So they were in like a bodega style building. Um, they're exiting the building. There's a skinny transvestite looking white woman that's like leaning she's like standing at the counter and then I guess there was something farther back that she was trying to point to or reach so she like she kind of leans over the counter a little bit and um she's like pointing or doing whatever she's doing so as she leans forward on the counter the boy his mother and his little sister are exiting the bodega so the little boy walks past the woman, the white woman, does not look at her, does not touch her, does not look her way. Now, I think what happened is maybe his backpack like barely slightly grazed her when he walked by. And that maybe would have been the extent of it. But he did not put his hand out and touch this woman at all. So they, they're walking out the store. Like I said, I believe that it was the backpack that grazed her. And then this cracker, you, you, in a video, you just see her walk towards uh, the woman with the kid, with her children. But you can't necessarily hear what she's saying. So then the second video was the actual um, audio and the real life um the, the real time back and forth of when the woman actually confronted the woman. Uh, the white woman confronted the boy's mother. And so this fool says, oh, he grabbed my ass. So he's saying that he grabbed her ass. And in my mind, I'm like, girl, first of all, you have no ass. Okay. You're shaped like a surfboard. Okay, you are ass negative in the bank. You are in debt at the ass bank. Okay, your ass account is overdrawn. And you have several overdraft fees for all the ass that you owe. You are minus ass. Okay. So, with your James and a giant peach looking ass. So, it's like... <laughs> so, it's like... I'm sitting here like, okay, this cracker got to be mental. So she's saying, oh, he grabbed your ass. So the mom is like, no, he didn't. Because first of all, you look like the living dead. 
Okay, it's Halloween. You have a job in a haunted house. You should come to Orlando. We have Halloween hard nights. You don't even need a mask. Okay, so they don't, Mom Dukes is like, girl, bye. Did nobody touch your ass? Get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, please. So this lady calls the police. This lady calls the police. Um, yes, he grabbed my ass. She's on the phone with the cops, like, saying this. Okay? And so, um, now, personally, me, if you tried to Emmett Till my son like that, um, I don't think that I would keep my composure. Okay? If you falsely accuse my son of that... I'm going to knock you out. And I'm going to tell you why I'm going to knock you out, though. And it's not because I'm a violent person or anything like that. It's just because I'm going to knock you out for Emmett Till. I'm going to knock you out for all of the men that are my ancestors that ended up in jail or killed because of false accusations from stupid white bitches like you. They were not able to slap nobody, but I can slap you because I have bond money. So guess what? To avenge them just in their honor, I'm going to knock your ass clean out on this sidewalk in front of this bodega. And that's going to be what it is. Whatever charges come against me is cool. It's a small price to pay to go ahead and just do that for the culture. Just go ahead and do that for all my ancestors that were in this situation. How dare you put my child in that position? How dare you? So basically, by her calling the police, she wanted this child dead. Okay, you understand. Y'all do understand. We talked about this in a previous episode. You do understand what it really means when these crackers call the police on us like that, right? Basically, they're saying that they do not want you to live. That's how evil these crackers are. Okay? <clears throat> All right? They're not just calling the police because they want you to get a slap on the wrist. They want you to die. So... You gonna falsely accuse, and this is in the day and age where we have video. So thank God there was video to show that that boy never touched her. But a, a majority of our brothers that went down this way, this was before they had that option. Okay, this was when it was just their word against hers, and you already know who's gonna be believed. Cause in the video, the mom is going back and forth with the crap. And I'm thinking to myself, girl, you crazy. Your best bet is to either walk away or slap the hell out of her. That, that's your only two options right now. But going back and forth with her? No. Okay, there, there, there's been too many instances going on of black people going back and forth with crackers. And it, it's starting to disgust me because the bigger picture here that I don't think that people are catching on to is the fact that these crackers even think that somebody owes them explanations. Okay, it's the fact that they even think that they somehow have the right to where they can dictate how black people should and should not respond to what they say. It happened to Trayvon. 
Okay, this this cracker come to you and ask you, do you live here? Where are you going? We don't have to answer to you. That's the bigger picture here. And then niggas will say things like, well, you should just answer the question and just be respectful. And if you're just respectful, they'll respect you back. What? What? Those are the black people that want to teach you to tiptoe on the plantation. Because the way it's supposed to really be portrayed is why are what is it that fuels these crackers to where they think that we owe them explanations? That's the bigger picture here. See, that is why I say that all white people are born racist. Because racism is deeper than I do or I do not like black people. It's more than saying I hate Trump. It's more than saying I have black friends. It's a mindset. It's the mindset that the way that they're processing this is. Because there's another video that went viral. Um, what did they nickname her? I forgot what they nicknamed her, but it was old girl in St. Louis where the brother was entering his apartment building and she was asking him to show her the key. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so she, so the brother is coming up to the door. I guess she was walking her dog and she came out the door and so the brother got to the door as she had it still cracked open. So since the door was open, he didn't, he didn't, uh, I guess he didn't slide his key at first or, or something like that. You know how those, some, those buildings you have like access key cards or whatever that go on your keychain to get in. So I guess the door was cracked so he just kept it moving. So then she comes and she's like, um, are you a resident here? Like, do you have one of these cards? And this brother again went back and forth and went back and forth and back and forth with this girl. Okay, and so she was like literally physically standing in front of the door trying to not let this man go in and dead seriously felt like she was owed an explanation about where about does he live here and what is he doing here? She truly in her mind felt like that was okay, And that is the racist mindset that I talk about. I don't care if you got a black boyfriend. I don't care if you got a black husband. I don't care if you got black friends. I don't care about how much you love black people. I don't care. Because when it comes down to where it matters, that's where their mindsets are. The fact that these people, so you, so we in an apartment and you're asking me, do I live here, girl? I don't know if you live here. I don't know you. Okay, you could be somebody on some scamming. Okay, and just because you're white, I'm supposed to have to answer your questions? I don't got to answer you. Because if it was black people coming to y'all, asking y'all questions, dressed in plain clothes, I don't know who you are. And if we was coming up to y'all questioning you, you'd have a problem with it. So now we have all these racist, clearly profiling instances going on. And she's like, oh, I don't regret what I did because it's my job to make sure that people here lives here. Girl, bye. Stop explaining yourself to white people. When I when I see white people pulling their phones out, like calling, like the lady at the store with the uh, where the lady said her son touched her ass. Why are you still standing here? while this woman is calling up police? Walk away, leave. You do not have to explain yourself to her. You do not got to go back and forth with her. Nor do you have to sit there and stand there while these crackers call the police for no reason. They are not the authority. This is the mindset that I want black folks to get out of. 
Okay, the fact that we even sit there and be explaining ourselves to them, the fact that we even be go back and forth with them, what authority are they under to where you have to answer to anything they say? None. Okay? And God, I hate talking about Kanye, but I have to talk about Kanye because he's giving me so much um he's giving me so much examples that we really need to see here. Okay, so I know y'all saw the video of Kanye um canoodling yes i said canoodling okay i said it i said canoodling okay so by now i know that you all saw the video of kanye west canoodling with donald trump in a room full of crackery crack crackavellis and he's in there like yeah because they took the men out of our homes and you know it's a lot of people in jail they ain't supposed to be in jail no more and and i'm watching him like pour his heart out to these crackers and i'm watching these crackers look at him like nigga we don't give a fuck <laughs> excuse my language but that's literally how they're looking at him. They're looking at him like, we don't care. Like, Kanye literally gets in this room and, like, entertains all these crackers. Because crackers love black pain. Black pain is their number one favorite form of entertainment. They can't get enough. So they'll sit there and listen to you talk about your hardships and your pain. And, and let you sit there and beg them for what you want. Yeah, they'll sit there and they'll let that happen. Yep, they'll sit right there. But guess what they're thinking in their head? I wish this Negro would shut up. You know what Trump's? You know what Trump did after Kanye sat there and poured his heart out? You know what Trump said? Let's get lunch, <laughs> bruh. I okay. So now I'm watching this and I'm like, <laughs> can you believe? Can you believe this guy? Like this guy really sat in front of these, in front of these crackers and sat here and, <laughs> and begged and explained himself. <laughs> I'm like, he crazy. Here go black people. So Kanye just got in front of the president and asked for prison reform and asked for um, amendments to the, and he asked for this and he asked for that. And y'all have a problem with it? Are you serious? Yes, we have a problem with it. Yes, actually we do. Yes, we do have a problem with black men getting on their knees and begging and having to ask a white man for anything that ensures what's best for himself, his family, and his children. Yes, that is the bigger picture here. You are trying to be comfortable on the plantation. Well, you should be happy that he went in there and asked Trump. Asked? So you want black men to have to ask White men for what they need to defend their children? The difference is. I'm talking about niggas don't made memes about it. Like, oh, y'all are so mad at Kanye. But yes, we're mad at Kanye. You know why? Because when these white people see him acting like that, they think that we're all like that. And they think that it's black men's job to come and get on their knees and ask white men to not lock them up. That's their solution. <laughs> Y'all wildin'. Y'all are wildin'. No, the solution is black families. No swirling. Heterosexual. 
Because when you have strong family units, you don't end up in systems. Your family is your system. That is how you fix that problem. But everybody wants to say, oh, Kanye's good for asking. And there's nothing wrong with swirling. It doesn't matter who you love. I'm glad he went in there. He's trying to help us. No, that's not how it works. If you're going in there, getting on your knees, asking for these crackers to feel bad for you and asking them to give you things that you need for your people to not be uh, have a price on their head. That is the problem. See, y'all canceled Kanye when he went to being friends with Donald Trump. I canceled Kanye when he married a white woman. That told me everything I needed to know about his intentions. This nigga is trying to be comfortable on the plantation. He is not about the true liberation of his people whatsoever. Now that he's canoodling with Trump... And in bed with him, now niggas are like, oh, we're mad at Kanye. Really? So you weren't mad at Kanye when he married a white whore. Skipped over all these wonderful, eligible, available black women to get with trash. Y'all didn't cancel him then. Okay. All right. So, you know, that's what it's about. Black people, if we get nothing else from this segment, number one. You do not have to sit there and stand and wait for the police when white people call the police on you for no reason. You are free to go. They are not your authority. They cannot detain you or make you do anything that you don't want to do. They are not over you. Stop standing there while they are sitting there calling the police on you, which is the modern day version of the lynch mob. Stop doing that. What is happening is subconsciously you are admitting to them having an authority over you and they don't. Number two, it is not about asking for reform for this system. Let me tell you something. Once a system is not for you, you can reform it, deform it, transform it, whatever kind of form you want to do to it, it still ain't for you. As opposed to trying to change the system, stay out of the system. That is the solution. Stay away from it. You do not have to be a part of it. We don't want the the other thing we want to get from this is not all black people are interested in asking white people for anything. Stop Praising black men getting on their knees asking crackers for things that should be their right by them just being alive. Stop telling them to get on their knees and beg to white men to get things that every other race gets without having to ask anything. That is the bigger picture here. We really have to focus on that. A lot of us have gotten very caught up in this very small, minor aspect of it all right now. Okay? So, I, like I said, I be watching these things and I be like, bruh, why do I not get tried like that? I said, man, they, they must could see it in my eyes. Like, uh-uh, she ain't the nigga. We don't want it with her. No, no, no. We pick up somebody. I could tell that she ain't with the shits, and I don't have time for her. They must be able to tell. They must be able to look me in my eyes and be like, not, not that one. Not that one. We don't want those problems with her. She look like she's going to get ignorant. You're right. 
Like I said, I'm just waiting on my moment, baby. I'm avenging all my ancestors, baby. I am waiting. Let a cracker try me. Try me. I'm going to get a home on the farm. And I ain't playing with nobody. Yeah, I'm going to stage loaf on their ass. You know what I'm saying? So, brothers, sisters, stop it. Stop sitting around, please. I be watching these stories and I just, I be watching these viral videos and I just be like watching it like, oh my God. It's just so crazy. Like I said, you know, this stuff been happening, but it's crazy to me how we're able to literally watch it on camera now. That's crazy. And I be watching this stuff like so upset. Like it's okay to be upset. We should be upset. Family, how are our children doing so far this school year? Are they doing okay? Are you really checking on them? Are you really um, spying on them? Yes, children need to be spied on. There is no privacy with a child. I don't know why we as parents think that our children are going to come to us and be like, so yeah, I'm feeling this, this, and way, and I'm going through this, this, and that, and I'm going through this, this, and that because of this, that, and the third, and in a perfect world, they would come to us and they would just clearly lay it on the table for us like that. But unfortunately, that's just not the way that it works. So it requires us to really talk to them, ask them open-ended questions. We are their doctors. So it's kind of like we have to drag, okay, what are your symptoms out of them? Really talk to them, really diagnose what may be going on with our children. Because I'm going to tell you something. The suicide rate amongst very young black children is is continuing to increase and I have no doubt in my mind that that is directly correlated to our lack of the belief in the validity of mental illness we think that it's not really a thing and we just tell our children to be strong and just they'll be all right and it's cool and don't let nothing hurt you down and we'll just pray about it that's what we tend to teach our children and so they're dying uh, we're getting so caught up in our everyday lives, making money, making a living, that we are not having the time or the energy to put into uh, paying the right amount of attention we need to our children and making sure they're okay. Remember, our children are protective of us too, and sometimes they may not be open about things going on with them because they don't want to stress you out or they don't want you to overreact or, you know, it's very important for children to be accepted by their peers. So sometimes they won't talk to you about things that are going on because they don't want to feel like they're being a snitch or they're being a tattletale. They don't want to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm going and telling my mom this and I know that when I get back to school, the kids are going to look at me crazy. Those are valid concerns for our children and that is to be respected when your children can trust you and know that their concerns are valid with you um, that is how you protect a child uh, that is how we prevent bullying and suicide and uh, and uh, harboring negative energies and harboring pain this is how we kind of get around all of that okay um, so, uh, you know, we, we had school start out not too long ago. Okay. Now we're moving where kids are getting a little bit more comfortable now. By now they have found, you know, their spot or their space. So, uh, this is a good time to start checking in on them. Okay. Um, 
you know, we're definitely checking on their grades and their studies and all that is fine. But we also need to get that emotional report card from them. Okay, that spiritual report card from them. How are you feeling on the inside? Okay, it's very important to talk to our children about uh, respecting each other. Make sure your child is not the bully. You know, we definitely educate our children on going to school and having to deal with bullies, but we need to also make sure that our child is not the bully that we're worried about. Um, you'll be surprised. Our children, they know more than we think. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes we underestimate them. Our children ab absorb our energy. They absorb what we're feeling. You know, they came from us. So sometimes our own demons and our own issues can transfer to a child. It can stress that child out and it can affect them, you know, mentally. It can affect them emotionally. Uh, so make sure we're really having those talks with our children. I still encourage parents with all my heart and soul to homeschool. And it's funny because when I really discuss homeschool with other parents, it's kind of like, well, don't you have to do this and don't you have to do that? And, and I'm like, no, you don't have to do anything. You actually have the right to educate your child is at home as you see fit in whatever type of curriculum or form you want to do it in. And it really is that simple. You know, and, and I love shedding that light to brothers and sisters because we, uh, I think we're kind of sold a dream and an idea that homeschool is difficult. And I think that that's done on purpose to discourage homeschooling. So it's like, okay, let's make it seem like this complicated process so that people will think that they can't do it. And the reality is, it's actually very simple. Uh, we've touched on this before. Um, now, what I do want to say is that homeschool laws can vary by state. I am educated on Florida homeschool laws because that is where my child has been homeschooled at. Okay, so this may vary depending on your state. So it's very important to go on, uh, you know, just Google like homeschool and then uh, your county that you're in. Um, and it you definitely should get directed to a, a county website where you can get specific information on homeschooling so that you can find out for sure what you need to do to do that. Um, now, once again, uh, I never am comparing my child to other children or making him seem better than other children, but there are two things that, I'm sorry, three things that I did that I guess you could say is uh, not usual uh, for the, uh, the way that parents raise their children here in the United States. So I would say that there are a few things I did that are not the norm here, quote unquote. And that is that I exclusively breastfed my son. Okay, so there was never any breast milk. I'm sorry, there was never any formula or bottles given to him. Um so I exclusively breastfed him and always held him um, when he was feeding. Uh, I 
I did co-sleeping with my son, okay, I didn't take the route of, like, throwing him in his own bed and leaving him. I did co-sleeping, uh, and I homeschooled him, okay? Now, when when I observe my child around other children, um, I he has a level of emotional security, um... Uh, and a level of self-control and a knowledge of himself and a confidence in himself that I don't commonly see in uh, most African children. Uh, most African children don't even refer to themselves or look at themselves as African. So they really struggle with an identity and their identity will normally become like hip hop, the hip 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 hop culture identity. Now, 20 years ago, that would be fine uh, because majority of hip hop artists were really empowering their people. They were really educating. They had meaningful lyrics. But if our children are only giving hip hop culture now to look up to and to mold themselves after, uh, we're kind of in trouble. Okay, because we can all agree that it's not what it used to be. And I think that we can all agree that hip-hop has really fallen far from its original purpose. So when you homeschool your child, you're in charge of the curriculum. Now, you have different options. Uh, Most counties have an online homeschool curriculum made up uh, that the parents can follow. I don't recommend doing that because to me, if you're going to do that, you might as well just send them to to the to the damn school. Uh, I think if you're going to homeschool African children, then a big focus should be on schooling them the African way. Because the reality is like when you come from an African household, literally your options are like brain surgeon, um, engineer, IT of some type or you're a complete disgrace like that is the only options when you're coming from like African families (laughs) okay so if it to not educate your children the African way is unwise because the things that our children are like just learning in fourth or fifth grade the children over there were doing that in like preschool they were doing that in like kindergarten Because remember that African children possess natural genius. Um, So I encourage you that if you are going to homeschool, do it the African way. You can even communicate with um, African schools on the continent and purchase their curriculums. There are people on the continent that have curriculums for sale. Uh, what you can do is, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I, whew, I had something, something fell on me and I thought it was a, a bug that scared me. I was like, what is that? Whoo. Okay. Sorry. I am cool, calm and collected, <laughs> but I, there are several Facebook groups. Facebook is a great way to communicate with other homeschoolers, uh, and other, not even homeschoolers, but just other schools uh, on the continent, and you can purchase a curriculum. Um, there, I've seen deals be uh, worked out where they're just given the curriculum, and I've had some parents that make up their own curriculum. You just kind of want to do a gen- general outline uh, for each uh, each month and say, okay, 
Uh, now, I know that now, let me just say this too. Most states and most counties, they require you to have an annual evaluation of that child. And you just have to make sure they have to make sure that they are up to they are uh, up to date with the county mandated um, like a minimal uh, educational requirements. So there are certain reading levels they have to be at according to their grade and their age and so on and so forth. But like I said, if you are educated in the African way, they will be ahead of all that. That the stuff that they'll be testing them on, they'll be looking at them like, baby, I did that four years ago. So keep that in mind, that you do need to familiarize yourself with what is needed um, uh, by the county mandates of, you know, where you need to be at by when. You do want to stay on track of that. And most of the time, you just have to have a teacher with an active license evaluate the child and sign off on the evaluation. And that's normally due each year. But anyway, yeah, so I've seen parents make their own curriculum. Okay. Uh, If you're worried about the social aspect of having your child uh, in homeschool, then you link up with other parents that also want to provide a homeschool education for their children and you pull your resources together to get a teacher and you have all your children learn in one place together. You don't have to have an actual like school, homeschool. You can you can homeschool multiple children within one household. It's not like it's just one kid per household can be homeschooled. You can get a bunch of parents together and put your children in one place and teach them all at once. And then you put them in like basketball, you put them in cheerleading or you you know you put them in other after school activities so they can still be around lots of other kids, but you are in control of what's most important, and that is their education in their early years. Whatever a child believes up into the age of approximately 12 years old, is what that child will perceive as their truth for the rest of their life, more than likely. So that's very powerful. So that's why I always recommend from kindergarten up until middle school, if you can homeschool, then do that. That way, once they do go into the public school system, if they go into it, they're mentally strong enough. They're prepared. They've learned the truth. So when they go in and, you know, they are attacked in a public school system, they are educated on what's going on. If more of our children were educated on how this system really works, why it works the way it does, and why they are a target in it, I believe that they would have a higher chance of escaping those traps. But a lot of times we just tell our children, don't do this, don't do that, and all we do is tell them about what they, what we don't want them to do, and we don't give the reasons why. And, and we're not educating our children on this system. Okay, we're not letting them know what to look out for. We're not giving them the tools that they need to survive uh, that false system of white supremacy and how it will be forced on them and how it will affect every day of their lives. They're not aware. So then when these genius traps come about, our kids are just falling right into it because no one has educated them on it. 
I didn't really become educated about white supremacy till I was like 23 years old when I began to research things for myself and have my own questions. But, you know, my parents never sat me down and talked to me about educating me on this. I never it takes years to learn and educate yourself about this and how all this works. That's something that our children need to be learning from the beginning. Okay, they, once they understand that, you know, our children are intelligent. They're not going to fall into the traps, okay? Uh, but that's a, that's an important aspect of it. So once you're homeschooling your children, because in public school, let me tell you something. You can't go to your child's teacher and be like, I think this should be the curriculum. <laughs> you, they have no say-so in it. Hell, the teacher doesn't even have a say-so in their curriculum. More times than not, the county mandates their curriculum. So they can't even just do what they want when they want it. So you as a parent definitely don't have a say-so in it if the teacher doesn't. They don't care what you think should be implemented in that curriculum. Now, when you're homeschooling, it's a total opposite. You are in control of what's being taught and what's being done. Okay, so so that's the beauty of it. Um, you will create very stable, very secure, very confident children. Uh, and that's what we need because the reality is when it comes to the adults, they're going to do what they want to do. Major- majority of adults are stuck in their ways and they're not interested in changing it. So our best bet, our best way to preserve our energy and make a difference, excuse me, is to focus on the children. Okay. Um, you can send me an email uh, to sixagoddess at yahoo.com if you want any um, other specific questions answered about homeschooling. Um, I just want you to remember it is not complicated. Okay, get it out your head that it's complicated. It's not. It's actually easy. It's very simple and it's worth it. Okay, more than anything else, it is worth it. And that is our show for this week. Uh, We are out of time. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope that everyone's able to take something valuable from each episode. I hope that it helps the healing in you. And um, I hope that it benefits you spiritually, mentally, uh, emotionally, um, you know, when listening. I appreciate it. I know that we're all busy and we have so many choices for entertainment and podcasts. So to listen to mine means a lot to me. I want to say thank you and we'll see you next week.